Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. On this Wednesday morning, it is Penny for Your Thoughts here, a day after a busy night last night over at State Farm Center. Got in pretty late last night. Back at it today as we're uh, with you, and we've got winter weather we're dealing with here. Feels more like uh, December or January here in the middle of November. Sunny and cold. We do have a winter weather advisory in effect, as you heard Michael mention. So that continues to be uh, the the uh, issue as far as the weather goes. Going to be 36 looks like on Saturday for Illinois and Iowa at 2:30 in the afternoon for Senior Day. Basketball plays last night. They leave for Maui tomorrow. And, of course, we'll have all the games from out there starting next week. Lots to talk about today. Uh, Tom Bruno is going to join us here, Champaign City Councilman and, of course, a local attorney and a man about the world. He's been traveling some a little bit lately, so we'll talk to him in a few minutes about all sorts of things, including the discussion last night in regards to marijuana and fines and all of that. So that'll be one of the topics we'll talk with him about. There are others, of course. Uh, Champaign City Council in the news, Champaign County Nursing Home. Uh, we've got Urbana Schools in the news, Monticello, Michelle Obama at the United Center. Uh, 14,000 people there with her last night at the United Center in Chicago, her and Oprah. So, uh, of course, we mentioned the basketball. Also, uh, wildfires in California. The uh, death toll there up to 50 now, 200 missing. And will there be changes on the staff for President Trump? Uh, Chief of Staff, Homeland Security, etc. A lot of talk there. And that's uh, fairly normal after especially a first term. In this case, it's the midterm. But uh, that is going on in Washington, D.C. Lots of local news to talk about and sports. But we'll start it all off with Tom Bruno from the Champaign City Council. After this opening timeout, Penny for Your Thoughts continues after this. Over the shoulder pass, Iowa to Georgie. Thought about a three. Instead puts it on the deck. Goes around. Go and laid it in. <laughs> I like it. Cross court. Man wide open. Griffin. Three. Missed it. Rebound. Bishanishvili can't get it. Followed by Griffin. Up and under and missed it. Rebound. Georgie B. Put it up and in. Illini last night, though, with a loss to uh, Georgetown, 88-80. Tremendous crowd, 14,000-plus last night. Great ball game to watch. Neither team led by more than seven until the very end when Georgetown won by eight. So a lot of fun there last night. By the way, the uh, News Gazette, the uh, sports section, they put out their grades for the game and just want to tell you that apparently they reversed the grades. (laughs) They had... uh, you know, backcourt, frontcourt, bench, overall, they, they picked different topics. And they gave uh, Georgetown C and C and C plus, And Illinois some A's and B's and B pluses. Well, those are reversed, apparently, according to Jim Rosso. So the comments are all the same. But uh, anyway, that's uh, if, you're, if you follow that sort of thing with the grades. Uh, Tom Bruno is here. I know you were not at the game. I was not. We were uh, discussing cannabis with uh, eight <laughs> other individuals last night. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, you got to time that better, you know. Yeah. I guess I guess well, Tuesday night's your night, so that's okay. got to meet. So, yeah, well, that was interesting discussion. To say yeah, the well, least. it was a uh, it, really interesting discussion. If you'd uh, backed up the time clock ten years and imagine that the city council would be discussing the potential dropping of our ordinance uh, prohibiting the possession of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into some of the details of that. You've also been traveling some. I have. I love to travel. Uh, you know, in, in September, my wife and I went to Scotland, and last weekend we went to Montreal. And how was how are things in Montreal? It's a beautiful it, city, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it it's a spectacular city. It's like going to France without uh, leaving the continent. So it's you know it's a hundred percent French. Um, it's not it's not even really a bilingual city. It's mm. French is spoken in the restaurants. French is spoken uh, you know French all the government signage is purely in French. It's not bilingual like the rest of Canada, and it's uh, it's old uh, you know four hundred year old city. It's really interesting. Yeah, goes back to the French and the British. It does. It's, all uh, that, it's uh, got a lot of great history yeah, and really does and a quaint little city. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the uh, cannabis discussion and other questions, other issues in regards to the city. I'd like to get your reaction to all the election stuff, too, sure. from last week. We'll do all that with Tom Bruno. 356-9397. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515-357. And email us, talk at wdws.com. We do have a caller here to start us off. And, Mark, good morning. How are you? I'm perfect so far. Uh, I want to know two things. Number one, why is there the impetus for... Uh, changing or coordinating with Urbana uh, with the uh, with the cannabis issue when Champagne, for example, charges far more for uh, open alcohol. If you have a legal substance, which is alcohol, and walk across the street with it uh, at an Illini football game, for example, you could be ticketed two hundred eighty-five uh, dollars. Uh, and yet we're asking for an illegal substance, and it is an illegal substance in Illinois. Uh, cannabis, it's illegal through the federal government, although they're not getting involved in it. Um, why are we changing that ordinance to $50 and we're letting alcohol to be so outrageously high? I, I think that there's a disparity that we're somehow... Uh, because the students at the U of I, who probably are the recipients of most of the alcohol tickets, really don't have a voice in this town, that we're continuing to charge them, uh, you know, way past what is a reasonable amount because they don't have a voice on campus to uh, change the amount. Okay. Well, I'm happy to address and that. Second, and the second question I have, and I'll let you um, deal with the first one, is uh, you proposed several years ago um, that folks who get their license, that get their cars impounded, have to pay an impoundment fee. And you said that, you know, CPD spends all this time and energy doing that. But uh, to get a car out, I believe, is two or $300, and that's an awfully large amount for a lot of folks to pay and i'm wondering is it time to revisit that as well and and you know the we we saw the problems of ferguson where they believe that uh police departments should be generating revenue for the city um and to you know to keep up the city services and we saw where that was not a particularly good idea. And so I'm wondering if we shouldn't have an across-the-board 
uh, reduction of a city ordinance violations to, you know, something more appropriate, $50, $75, or, uh, you know, $10, much like a parking ticket, and I'll hang up and listen to okay. your response. Thank right. you. Thank you, Mark. There you go. I, I really appreciate that call because it touches on a bunch of areas I feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, so first he, he said you proposed a vehicle impoundment fee. I think I was the only council member who voted against it. Uh, I don't support the vehicle impoundment fee. It is a source of revenue for some uh, municipalities. I think Rantoul's is $500. It's the cost of getting, it's the cost you have to pay to the municipal government to get your car back once the police have towed it for some otherwise valid reason. The, uh, the operator of the vehicle had no insurance or the operator of the vehicle was DUI or the operator of the vehicle had a suspended driver's license. And then you have to pay the tow truck company, but you also have to pay an impoundment fee. The justification was originally to help uh, help offset the costs of city government in uh, following where the car went and tracking it and doing the impoundment. But the fact of the matter is it's used as a way to collect revenue from people and uh, before there's been a determination if they're guilty or innocent of the underlying charge. So I don't like impoundment fees, and I didn't support Champagne's impoundment fee. How long ago was that, by the way? Oh, I, I think it might have been 10 years now. Okay. Um, but they pretty much are across the board in many, many municipalities. And the problem I have with it is it's the morning after, and some uh, woman's boyfriend has got picked up driving with a suspended driver's license and she needs the car to get to work and she's got to go down and pay $250 or $500 to the city to release her vehicle that her boyfriend was using with a suspended driver's license. I don't mean to be sexist, but that's often uh, the fact pattern. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair. And um, and uh, I do, however, believe that it's appropriate for the city government to recoup its realistic costs involved in doing some city functions. So uh, the act of towing a vehicle, maybe there's a cost involved in that. Maybe it's some paperwork, uh, but it's not $500 worth. And Champagne's impoundment fees aren't that high, but I don't support them. So that gets me back to the, the way the caller premised his first question. Why this and why that? And so I give this answer sometimes to young journalists who are following city government it, when you ask uh, a city council member why did you why did the council do this or why did the council do that we take a vote and uh, nine people and if five of them vote yes an ordinance passes and they might be for five totally different reasons so asking a collective why did you do this or why did you do that um it's too broad I, I think a question. It, it's a fair question to ask yeah. me why did i vote a certain way i'm happy to answer those but uh, why the city council did something is a collection of what might be very different reasons. Now, last night was a study session on this, Last right? night was a study yeah, session. so the final vote sure. comes up later. And I will talk a little bit about the alcohol thing. I also have been a vocal critic of a city ordinance we have that prohibits people of any age from walking down on a public right-of-way with an open container of alcohol. So the example I always use is if I wanted to walk across the street, I'm 64 years old, if I wanted to walk across the street to my neighbor's house carrying a glass of red wine, I would be in violation of city ordinances. I don't understand that. I'm not inebriated. I'm not under the legal age to possess alcohol. Why is it illegal for me to walk down the sidewalk or go to the park 
with a can of beer in my hand. Um, but it is. And, I, and I've been a vocal critic of that city ordinance for a long time. So why was that even put in in the first place? What, what was well, the you're, thinking you're asking it? me that same yeah. collective why. <laughs> why. Why did people in the 1940s or whenever they enacted yeah. that? Because uh, alcohol was a demon beverage and they didn't like the idea of somebody drinking it on a public right of way. Yeah. Now, it's a whole different matter when you get into why are there city ordinance violations for people under the age of 21 to possess alcohol. That's a different offense. But if you're in campus town, if you observe the typical way that students violate these laws in campus town, it's people under 21 in possession of an alcoholic beverage, either in a uh, licensed premise or in an apartment or walking down the street, or it's anybody of any age carrying an open beverage down a public street. Uh, the part where it's illegal for anybody of any age to carry it down the street is uh, a part I can't wrap my head around and I don't support it. Three five six nine three nine seven. We're with Tom Bruno here. Nine twenty one this morning. For people that haven't been following the marijuana discussion, give me the big picture. Urbana's fine was lowered. Sure. Champagne's discussing it. What? what so the deal up until now, or including right now, uh, marijuana is illegal under federal law. It's illegal under state law, and it's illegal under city ordinances. Uh, so. Police officers have a broad range of discretion. When they come across somebody possessing cannabis, they can evaluate the situation and they might charge them with a state crime violation or they might charge them with a city ordinance violation or they could even turn them over to the U.S. Attorney's Office and ask them to be uh, prosecuted under federal law. Mm -hmm. uh, our discussion last night was just what should the ordinance opportunity be? What, what should be in the police officer's toolbox when they come across somebody in possession of a small amount of cannabis. Uh, uh, Council Member Clarissa Foreman suggested we should have a study session and examine how much our fine is in those circumstances. And the specific proposal, I think, started out as, should we reduce it to $50 from what it used to be of th about $350? And I think there was a consensus among all nine council members last night, yeah, we probably should reduce it. Um, to either to $50 or to something in that range. And then the discussion morphed into, well, what if we just abolished this city ordinance? Um, and while that is uh, hard to wrap your head around if you're old-fashioned, um, why do we have a city ordinance violation for possession of cannabis? That probably also carries back to the 1970s and 80s when it was originally a tool so that everybody didn't have to get charged in state court and criminally prosecuted by the state's attorney. It gave police officers some option when they caught somebody with a couple of joints or a, a personal possession amount of cannabis. Yeah, helps to know the context. It, it does, and police officers have a difficult job. They exercise their discretion all the time. They see a car driving five miles over the speed limit, Almost always, they would exercise their discretion not to even stop the car, not to ticket them. If they did ticket somebody for five miles over the limit, the state's attorney would probably exercise their discretion that we're not going to prosecute this person. Mm -hmm. And possession of small amounts of cannabis fall into that same thing. We don't have a city ordinance that prohibits the possession of cocaine or heroin or methamphetamine. We don't expect people to do that. But we don't have a city ordinance that deals with it. We charge them with, under the state law. I was going to so, say, it goes to the state. So we don't necessarily yeah. have to have a city ordinance that addresses uh, cannabis. Hmm. 
three five six nine three nine seven here with uh, Tom Bruno nine twenty four and let's go to Eric. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, uh, Brian. Uh, Tom, I had a question um, with the with the MCOR stuff that's going on lately. It's some huge improvements in campus, and specifically, I've noticed that um, the new lighting that's gone up, like on Wright Street and and White now, it's uh, as bright as the sun at night there. It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, so I was wondering, are those lights intending to be implemented in, in other areas of the uh, campus town or in, in Champaign in general? Because they're an awful uh, improvement over uh, sure. there currently. Well, what's happened there is the LED technology has improved so much that we can achieve real uh, brightness with less energy use by using LED lights. And we've also learned that, uh, and and we have an official city policy that all that lighting has to be what's called full cutoff so that light isn't wasted going up into the sky and doesn't cause light pollution by lighting up the nighttime skies. So all of our lights now have to be, they have to meet a standard that all of the light produced is focused down where you want it. And they've also gotten better at uh, answering the question, do we want to illuminate the street for the where the vehicles are? Do we want to illuminate the sidewalk or maybe both? Do we want it to bleed up onto the private property, or do we want to keep it on the public property? And I think that's what you're seeing at right and white with those new lights. Great. Okay, thanks, Tom. All right, sure. Thank you, Eric. An MCOR project pretty much done? Or oh, no. no We're like go, in the huh? middle of a five- or six-year. Okay, so <laughs> so but that part of Green Street that they were working e on. Uh, West in, Green Street yeah. from Neal to Campus Town is pretty much completed. Uh, the big one next year and the year after will be Urbana's side from Lincoln Avenue to Lincoln Square. Okay. Um, and that'll be disruptive because that's a narrow street with, once again, with no good alternatives. You can't really go east and west south of it. And uh, it, that's what's been difficult. But it, it's uh, rebuilding the streets uh, with high-quality pavement mm. to handle heavy loads. Yeah. What else is out there on the horizon? Well, that that's a a big project, and it's it's been split up into five different phases. And the the phases in Champaign are nearing completion. Um, people will notice um, a disruption on Green Street starting about yesterday for the construction of a tall building at the corner of Sixth and Green. <clears throat> yeah, the building that where the hometown pantry had been. Those businesses have been closed. They have a few more days before they'll be demolished. Uh, <clears throat> as of yesterday, there were a reduction of the width of Green Street by one lane so the pedestrians can walk out into the street, so the sidewalk can be closed, so those buildings can be demolished. And then we're going to see the construction of a 17-story uh, building on that corner. All right, Tom Bruno's with us here for this hour. We'll have open line time in hour number two. We'll come back with more. The news is coming up in a little bit, and some more texts have come in and your phone calls after this. Many for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Woods Basement Systems was founded back in 1986 by Rick and Anna Lee Woods. They're one of the largest foundation repair and waterproofing contractors now in Illinois and Missouri as well, and serve both residential and commercial clients. All things basementy is... Uh, the areas they cover, and again, they've uh, helped over 55,000 homeowners. If you have some cracks in the drywall or masonry, those are uh, two things that do not go away. 
And uh, they get worse if you ignore them, and they keep stealing value from your home until the cause is fixed. Now, Woods Basement did some work for me. They did a great job for me. They had some water seeping in from some saturated ground. They win the uh, Better Business Bureau Torch Awards. They are most proud of that. But anything, dealing with your basement, that's kind of scary sometimes, what that uh, could cost or what it might be. Get a free estimate. Give them a call at 888-935-4333 or woodsbasementsystems.com. Talking with uh, Tom Bruno. Let's get Doug in here real quick before the news. Hi, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. How are you gentlemen today? Good. I wanted to add my two cents worth. My hometown of, uh, in Michigan created a $5 pot law back in the middle 70s. While the uh, older folks in the community were very upset about that, it still went through, stayed in existence. And while I left that area in the uh, late 80s, there was no real problem with it at all. So it, it was handled quite well by the police. It was a, literally a parking ticket type fine that uh, one got. If you were a dealer in it, then the other uh, fines and like that took place based on the state statute. But if you were just uh, had a joint or two or like that, it was uh, strictly a five dollar fine. Yeah, well. and Michigan has just legal. They had a binding referendum on the ballot last week, and they have legalized uh, recreational cannabis. So even yeah. that's changed. Yeah. All right. Anything else, so, Doug? Well, I thought, you know, that might add to any positive feelings about lowering the uh, yeah. fines here in the Champaign-Urbana to make them more uniform. Yeah. Well, I, my reading of the city council meeting last night is there's definitely a consensus to significantly lower the fine. A uh, couple of things that were brought up for discussion and not really addressed fully last night was, should we maybe just eliminate the ordinance altogether? So we'll probably have another study session in January where we will talk about, should we just eliminate this ordinance altogether? All right, Doug. That's like a good idea. Thank, thank you much. Thank have you. Yep, appreciate your call today. Thanks for listening. Michael Kaiser next with the news, and then more with Tom Bruno after this. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Here with Tom Bruno, Champaign City Councilman, uh, and of course, Urbana Attorney. Glad you're with us. 356-9397. MX Electric is with us as well. Uh, MX Electric wants you to know it's never that bad. And just relax and call Max. They do residential and commercial projects. They do things as big as the projects Taco Bell on Neal, Starbucks on Campus, Jimmy John's on Kirby, Subway on Philo. They've been involved in those. Remodels as well as new construction. But they can also install your TV if you need that done or you know smoke coming out of the outlet or ceiling fans or bulb changes of course with the holidays coming up a lot of electrical issues there if you have some of those max can help with that nikita answers the phone the number is 359-7293 359-7293 and uh, you can certainly reach out to them that way and get set up 15 years of experience they can fix repair or install anything 
And uh, Max and his team uh, did some stuff for my dad, and my dad approved it and, and thought it was great. So you get the, my dad's approval on it, that should settle it for you. So, uh, Max, owner of MX Electric, give them a call. Again, their number, 359-7293 for big projects, small projects, anything in between. MX Electric, one of our sponsors here on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, uh, Tom Bruno is here. Uh, one texture says, I think Champagne would want to leave the fine system alone to keep all of that over in Urbana. Uh, but it's all about the money. There's, there's a text. Also, a question for Tom Bruno. Does the city of Champaign have any direct relationship with the Champaign County Board? If so, how? Well, I mean, certainly we, we don't have, I don't think, I don't know how you would define direct. We, uh, um, we all live in the city of Cham- uh, in Champaign County, uh, so we have that kind of connection, but uh, we, and we do have some connection with some countywide government officials who, collect our property taxes for us who um, keep track of our uh, registered voters and those kinds of things. With the county board, not so much, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I don't think you guys would, on the city council, would get with any county board members to discuss something that... Oh, no. I mean, they're a unit of government. We're a unit of government. We don't have anything any more direct with them than we do with the Illinois General Assembly, for instance. The township might be different, though, right? The township is very different because yeah. it's a coterminous township, meaning that our boundaries are the same, the city of Champaign township and, and the city of Champaign, and the board members for the township are the nine city council members. What do you make of the, we had the elections last week. Sure. Uh, interesting results. I think maybe some surprising. A lot of students voted. Yeah. It seemed a, like. A big turnout uh, of students. That, uh, what what you do know, you make of all that? And then talk about students voting in a community where they necessarily not from. You but, know what? I mean, uh, where should that student vote? Uh, so they're going to spend most of their nights in the next year in this community. They're going to spend most of their dollars in this community. Their behavior is going to be regulated by this community's leaders. Uh, so should a kid from Naperville request an absentee ballot and go vote in the uh, for the Naperville for the state representative from Naperville, or uh, should they vote for the county clerk from DuPage County, or should they vote for the county clerk from Champaign County? I don't have a problem with a student registering to vote in the uh, school in the county in which they're going to school. Uh, and I, they're not all of one political party, but whatever political party, we should celebrate uh, that young people are interested in casting a ballot. Mm-hmm. And it, it just based on the numbers, and you know more about this because you've run for office, but the numbers were all very similar for every office. It was like 45,000 votes for this sure. office, 43 for that. You, I mean, obviously <clears throat> a lot of people, and a lot of people do this anyway sometimes, but they look like a lot of people just voted straight and maybe more, more so in 2018 than ever before because we've become a very divided country and people are view themselves more and more as a member of one team or the other team and it's blasphemy to cross the ballot and vote for an occasional candidate from the other side so when when people uh, criticized that uh public behavior that we saw a great turnout on campus um, that they didn't study these individual races carefully enough. Frankly, it makes me wonder in the last 20 years 
if a lot of individual races have been studied carefully enough, where people go in to the, say, I don't recognize either of these names. I'll vote for the person from the party I generally f- feel aligned with. Well, and I think even those of us that look at this stuff pretty closely, there'll be times I'll go into the voting booth and I'll see a judgeship or a, some office I hadn't thought of. Sure. I don't know. And you, you think know? you you think you've got a you think you're pretty informed. Yeah. And and then you go in there and you say, gosh, I didn't even thought about this. In the sixth judicial circuit, we're voting for judges that serve in Decatur. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a lot of people in in the Champaign County Bar Association don't know what's good or bad about the judges that practice in Decatur. And sometimes you don't even know, what does this mean? What am I voting for? His retention? Sure. Is you know is he running against somebody? You know, it all you know. works out yeah. uh, pretty well in the end. Uh, you know, there are low-information voters, but they get to vote too. All right, got a uh, full bank of calls here. Let's uh, get to it. Dave, good morning. How are you? Morning, gentlemen. Hey, Tom. Uh, I know City of Champaign uh the council and mayor uh, election nonpartisan um, election. Did you notice? And, and I don't. I, I don't know what year that happened. I can't can't recall when it went from being partisan to nonpartisan. Do you recall when that happened? And um, did you notice that perhaps because there was no party affiliation, people didn't know who the people were. They and there were a, a significant amount of undervotes or perhaps overvotes. Well, I will say I've been on the Champaign. I've been on the Champaign City Council since August of 1997, so 21 and a half years. Um, And I and it was a nonpartisan election then, and I think it had it had been for decades before that. So the city of Champaign has run as a nonpartisan election on the municipal election cycle, which means April elections in odd numbered years for decades um uh and so even if you're a real partisan with one party or the other you go into that polling place and the names don't have d's or r's in front of them it's just a collection of names and that helps i think force people to think about the individuals and cast a vote that maybe is not along party lines because they're at least it, I mean, it's no secret that there are members on the city council who are also actively engaged in partisan politics, but in the polling place, they're not going to be labeled as such. Hmm. Do, do you notice uh, a significant amount of undervotes because of that, uh, being not affiliated with the party? Well, I guess I don't, because if you're going into the polling place in April, you're not going to see any partisan affiliations with the city of Champaign or the school board. Uh, so um, I don't know that there would necessarily be an undervote. You'll see in, in April of 2019, you'll see a mayoral election in Champaign. It'll say vote for one, and there may be one, two, or three candidates. For the at-large city council members, it'll say vote for up to three, and there may be three to ten or more candidates. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Dave. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We're here with Tom Bruno this morning. Let's go to Brad. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for coming in today. Tom, I had a question on uh, sales tax. Recently, the city of Peoria has basically announced that due to online sales, they feel like they've lost an incredible amount of uh, local sales tax revenue and they're going to be looking at cutting some services in the community. So I was just wondering, is the city 
seeing that, any reflection in that, uh, the same sort of a thing happening, um, and what kind of a plan does the city have to address that? Are you going to work with the Municipal League to craft some legislation, or what's really going on with that? A lot of people probably might not be aware that there's actually a problem with that. Uh, Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Well, that brings me back to the 45,000 students that call Champaign and Urbana a home. You know, they spend a lot of sales tax dollars in our community, uh, both prepared food and beverage tax, local sales tax. Uh, That's where a college student spends most of their sales tax dollars is right here in our community, not back home. But I will say that... um, if we didn't have, uh, if if America hadn't changed so much and people weren't making online purchases, would our local retail sales tax have been greater? Probably, but but even with the expansion of uh, Amazon and eBay and all the different opportunities to spend money online, um, we have seen a growth in local retail sales tax and we're not thinking of cutting any services in champagne so we've been fiscally conservative been pretty uh forward thinking about what are the trends and we we never spend we never intentionally spend more than 98 and a half percent of what we expect our recurring revenues to be so we always have a cushion for a rainy day and we're not looking at any service cuts all right, very good. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate the phone call. 9.50 here with Tom Bruno. Let's go back to the phones to Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Hi, Mr. Bruno. Hi. Uh, we're we're uh, uh, the voice of WDWS. Hello. Um, I have a question about the the marijuana issue. Okay, the one of the issues I have when people say it is, like if I can't believe you even said abolish. Um, um, that kind of freaks me out. I'm 53. Um, oh, you know, I'm in that category. I have 20 something children, and the problem I feel like is you're giving it an okay. Maybe lowering the, but people don't understand. The 20 something generation does not understand when you say it's legal. They can't do anything if they if they partake in smoking mm-hmm. okay so you can't drive you because you can't be drunk in public that's also a city ordinance like you were talking about walking with the beverage sure city ordinances you can't be you can't be at the park and you can't be drunk so can you be at the park and be stoned i mean there's all these factors that you guys need to take into consideration you can't drive a car you can't uh just like alcohol you can't uh go to the store Now, I stood behind a guy at Walgreens yesterday that all of us in line could smell the weed, and it was disgusting, and I had to keep my son from saying something. Um, Now, that guy was in public. He was obviously stoned, or unless, you know, he may not have been. Maybe he was around others who were doing it. I mean, what? uh, let's not judge, I guess not judge, Mm -hmm. but what what, the problem with that is when you guys, when the city says we're going to lower it because it's not that bad, guys, then they're in public, then they're making purchases, then they're going to the DMV, then they're going to state offices, and they have THC in their system. So how can we, how do you separate that? Okay. Well, well thank you, Cindy. Hey, you know, as a thank matter of fact, it. the Illinois General Assembly in the summer of 2016 um, 
changed the law on operating a motor vehicle with THC in your system. Now it is a certain number of nanograms per deciliter of blood. You have to be above a threshold. So it's no longer illegal to operate a motor vehicle with uh, some cannabis in your system. It used to be. It used to be illegal to operate a motor vehicle with any detectable amount of cannabis in your system. But now it's, it requires a sh- uh, a, above a certain threshold, so it requires impairment just as alcohol. Um, I, reasonable people differ about uh, the effects of alcohol and cannabis, and there were, you know, this was a country that went many years completely banning the sale or possession of alcohol. Um, we rethought that and we repealed prohibition, uh, and there's nothing the city of Champaign can do to make the possession of cannabis legal. We were only talking about whether or not we ought to have a city ordinance violation. Mm. And as was pointed out last night at the city council meeting, we do not have an ordinance violation for heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine. It doesn't mean that they're legal in our community. They're all banned by state law. Um, but we don't have a city ordinance violation for them. All right. Uh, got a text in. says, when J.B. Pritzker already making clear his intention of legalizing recreational cannabis, why is the city council deliberating anything other than abolishing the ordinance? Seems unfair to individuals who get fined or arrested between now and when the governor-elect takes office. These laws and ordinances destroyed people's lives and potentially caused harmful family separation of U.S. citizens long before the current president was accused of doing the same thing. So here's someone saying, why not just go ahead and abolish it? Sure. So there's a variety of overlap between city ordinances and state laws. For instance, we have a city ordinance against loud music. There's no state law that prohibits loud music. We have a, uh, you know, city ordinance. We have some city ordinances that don't have a mirror image in state law. Then on on the other hand, there are some state laws that, um, that don't exist and we, you know, these are tools in a police officer's toolbox to pick and choose which they might use. Back to the phones here at uh, 955. Let's go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hi. Hey, um, you'd made a comment about the students being able to uh, vote, although their um, residences are probably elsewhere. And uh, a concern that I have is uh, currently right now I'm a business owner in Champ. Well, I live in Champaign, but my business is in Urbana. And I've often thought that what goes on there impacts me, and I would really love to be able to vote. Um, have you got any thoughts on that matter? Well, we uh, generally require people to register to vote in an area where they are uh, residents or domiciled. So you have to reside or you have a domicile in an area we don't have uh, a system in america anywhere i know of where merely being a landowner or a business operator and enables you to vote but as a practical matter people have some political power when they're business owners you know if you own a business in in champaign and you went up to the city council and you said you know i feel strongly about this zoning issue but i live in farmer city I guarantee people would listen to you because you're a business operator in Champaign County, and the same goes for other communities. So you you can only vote in one place, and that's where your domicile or your residence is, uh, and it's not a perfect system. Some people have a winter home and a summer home, and they live half the year in each 
state, they pick one or the other, and they say, that's my domicile, and that's where I'll register to vote. You just can't vote in both places. You can't vote in both places. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Ken, uh, and, I, and I think I already know the answer to this, but um, if you could vacate your right to vote and where you um, have your home and uh, but choose to where um, you, know, you own your business, just curious. No. It's got to be where you. It's got to be where you live now. I, you know, I suppose you could live in your business, but you'd but you'd have to honestly swear that that's what you were doing. All right. Hey, thank you, Mike. Yeah, appreciate Tom. I appreciate uh, your work on the council and your profession. Thank you. All right. Very good. Need to take a quick two minute break. We'll come back. Wrap it up with Tom Bruno after this. All right, we're back. We only have about 20 seconds left. Tom, thank you for coming in. Sure, it's always my pleasure. People can always reach you. They can call me at my office, talk about the law, or talk about city council stuff anytime. All right. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it. Enjoy it. Thanks. Tom Bruno, Champaign City Councilman, Urbana Attorney. Good discussion today. A lot of good topics. More coming up. We have some open line time here in the next hour. The news is next from CBS News at the top of the hour at 10. Back with more Penny for Your Thoughts, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock Central. Penny for Your Thoughts continues here on DWS, just ahead of the news. Let's uh, get Tiny. Hi, Tiny. Good morning. Good morning. Best athlete that ever walked on the field, the floor, or the track at Illinois was Dyke Edelman. Nothing he couldn't do. I've seen him kick a football, and he could kick a If the coach said kick it in the squirrel's ear, that's where he kicked it. <laughs> I've seen him high jump the line and go on in football. He used to have a kiss shot. He almost hit the rafters and up Jim. He could out-jump anybody. He went to the Olympics. He could play baseball, and I can't remember whether he ever played baseball or not. But I've seen him play baseball. Mm. Well, he and, was, and he uh, still, I think, holds the record, Tiny, for the, I think, the longest punt, 88 yards. I wouldn't uh, doubt it. Against Iowa. And then on top of all of that, he was a gentleman and a scholar. He was absolutely and the best-looking guy that ever walked on the campus. <laughs> when he started wearing Levi's, everybody on the campus wore Levi's. Oh. Yeah, I'm so glad I got to meet him. He was near the end of his life when I first got here 18 years ago. And, well, uh, you know, we went to some events, and I sat next to him, and I'm, I think I've even played around a round of golf with him with some other folks one time. And I'm thinking, well, wow, lucky. wow, am I lucky. I kept thinking that. <laughs> so. You better believe you were lucky. He was a great, great, great person. Yes, he I, was. I can't think of anybody could touch him. I totally right, agree with you. Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Appreciate it. 356 Nine three nine seven ten thirty two. We're taking text, phone calls, emails, open line time here today. We'll tell you about next week a little bit. What's going to happen here on the show? Because I'll be gone next week uh, with all of the uh, travels with basketball. We'll tell you about that. Here, Michael Kaiser has the news. He'll tell you the news, and we'll continue with more after this. Right elbow hands it to Dosumu. Lines up a three and got it. Ayo Dosumu. His second three of the game. Here's Dosumu, lines up a three and buried it from the right wing. Dosumu with two threes here in the last couple of minutes. He's pretty fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, 25 points last night for uh, the freshman in the Illini loss to Georgetown. Next up, Gonzaga, Monday night at 10.30. 
1868 collection for Busey. It's the new exhibit in partnership with the Champaign County Arts Council and is at Busey Walsh Management Headquarters in downtown Urbana. The 1868 collection featuring paintings, drawings, photography, graphic design, and more from local artists, including school children. Busey invites you to stop by Busey Wealth Management to view the original artwork today. For 150 years, the organization has advocated for the arts. Busey also reinvests in neighborhoods, donating $1 million annually, volunteering countless hours, helping students achieve their dreams, providing annual scholarships for incoming college students, supporting small business and entrepreneurs with sound advice, and helps make the dream of home ownership possible. Busey, with 30-plus programs to help Low to moderate income families find the financing that's best for them. To explore the 1868 collection, visit Busey Wealth Management over in Urbana and learn more at Busey.com. 356-9397 is our phone number. That's where we find Sue. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Keeping busy here. Yeah, all right. Uh, a couple things. One short, one short thing first is... Um, we usually take our recycled or newspapers, cardboard, glass, metal, up to the recycling place on North Lincoln, the one that's on further north of Max. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And they're they're not uh, taking any more after tomorrow. I think people have taken advantage of that place and took just everything. I just didn't know if other people might call in with su- other suggestions. I know Max takes some things, but they don't take all of the recycle. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's just my short, quick one. <laughs> All right. We'll find out if people know about that. All right. Uh, the other thing is the concern. Um, my daughter and her husband are both deaf. They live in Chicago, and they have two boys that go to the U of I. They came down for the Dad's Day weekend, and um, they wanted to go out to eat on Friday night, and they've gone to this one restaurant many times. They love it. Um Downtown Champaign, they love sushi. I've never been in there because it just doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> but um, Me either, yeah. <laughs> they've always had a great time there, no problems or anything. But this one time on uh, Dad's Day weekend, on a Friday night, they went, and um, they felt like they didn't get very good service. Uh, they told the waiter that they were both deaf, but then their son is a great a sign language person, and... My daughter, you can understand her pretty well, even though she's deaf. Um, the waiter came and asked if they all wanted waters, and they said, yeah, they got waters, and they ordered an appetizer. <clears throat> but then he never came back. He just brought the appetizer plate. No one had individual plates to put their food on. They had to just hold their little stuff on a stick and munch on it. They couldn't set it back down on that platter that the appetizers came on sure. he kept trying to get his attention and he was just wandering around all the tables around them and they couldn't get his attention to come back and wait on him so my daughter and grandson went up to the hostess to see if they could, she could help them get the waiter to come to the table and she kept getting interrupted with people coming in the door and she'd wave at him and, and go find their table i've got your table over here and then she'd come back to my daughter and grandson and she said, well, what do you want me to do about it? Hmm. What do you want me to do about it? That's yeah. what she said. And wow. she said, you want me to get another waiter? And my daughter said, no, I just would like him to come to our table and finish waiting on us. Sure. Um, so um, the hostess got interrupted several times but never directed my daughter to someone else that could assist her. You know, 
Um, mm-hmm. So they were kind of put off by the whole thing. They did get to finish eating and, and left. But yeah. my daughter called um, the restaurant the next day, hoping to talk to the manager on the relay system. I don't know if you know anything about the deaf relay system. There's an interpreter that speaks on the phone to whoever's at the other end and says what the deaf person signed to them. And they say it in a monotone voice. They're not supposed to have any reflection, inflection on what they say or how they say it. But this um, person that answered the phone was the same person as the hostess, and I got the impression that she was the manager. Oh, wow. Hmm. And she said, she said um, several times, she said, uh, well, I don't know what you wanted me to do about it. I offered to get them a new waiter, but they didn't want one. And then she said, we really don't need your business anyway. And then wow. told the interpreter person, "Quit harassing me." Well, we're just trying; yeah. they're just trying to get some input to the restaurant about the situation, and hoping that it could have been corrected for someone else, or that they would slightly apologize about it. But that never happened. And then the um, restaurant person hung up on them. Oh wow! Boy, that's too bad. My daughter. That's a bad. My daughter a, called him. Yeah, it's real bad. My daughter a, called him back and. Went through the same scenario, and she hung up on him again and said, "Quit bothering me." Hmm. So I, no. um, very disappointed in that situation. I've never heard of anybody having anybody around town that have treated them that way at a restaurant. And um, anyway, well, I just thought I'd put that out there. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sue. I'm sorry that happened. I mean, that's too bad. And uh, I'm guessing you probably won't be going back. No. Yeah. No, that won't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad. Too it bad for the, them. It was the one downtown Champagne. I guess there's another one around town or something, but uh, hmm. the one downtown Champagne. So, all right. Well, just thought other people ought to know. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank that's you. My two things. Th- thank uh-huh. you, Sue. Yeah. Thank you for your two cents uh, here on Penny for your thoughts. And a texter said, what happened to Ed Bond? I do miss Elizabeth, whether I agreed with her or not. And Dave were great together, Dave Gentry. I liked how Dave would respond to her. Thank you, Jane. Well, Ed is doing some just different hours with all the different things that he does. Not only is he the had been the producer and will be back, I think, tomorrow for a couple of days uh, filling in for Adam. Not only does he do that, but he helps produce podcasts. He's a chief engineer of the station. He has a lot of equipment he has to work on. So, um I think they just worked with his hours. It worked better to free him up during the time slot that he would normally be here for Penny to do some other things. So that's kind of how that works. Um, you know, he's got other duties as a sign that uh, take up a lot of his time, and plus he's busy preparing for all the shows we do uh, on remote location. And uh, Roger, good morning. How are you, Roger? Good, fine, Brian. I just wanted to remind you that there was a football player back in the 60s. I think his name was Butkus. <laughs> Yeah, I was, he was pretty uh, good, wasn't he? I was a little young for that, but yes, you're right. Absolutely. He's got to be one of the greats. Oh, I absolutely for Illinois or anybody else. Yep. Oh. That's all I want to remind and, you. Hey, of. That's a good point. Thank okay. you. Yep, thank you, sir. They're going to get a statue up of him too. What on the other side there of the stadium near the football uh, performance center. We'll take a break, Adam. Back with more penny for your thoughts. Take your phone calls, emails, and texts. Those are coming in. A lot of good topics today. Back after this. 1049 here at DWS. 27 degrees. Sun's out. That feels good here on Penny for Your Thoughts. 
I don't know if you think this is a good idea or what you think of this. Ford and Walmart teaming up to test a self-driving grocery delivery service. Pilot program down in Miami-Dade County will use Postmates as its delivery partner to bring such items as groceries, diapers, pet food, and other items to consumers. The vehicles used will collect data about consumer preferences to help the companies understand what items people want. Ford said today it will also look at different vehicle configurations or modifications that may be needed to accommodate orders such as perishable goods or when a vehicle is making multiple deliveries on a single trip. Ford will work with Walmart over the next couple of months to determine what goods it can feasibly transport and figure out any issues that may need to be addressed to successfully deliver orders via self-driving vehicles. Interesting. That was uh, on some of the business wires today. A caller off the air called in said that our previous uh, caller had mentioned the restaurant issues. They said to put the review of the restaurant on Yelp. Yeah, you'll see a lot of those recommendations or uh, thumbs up or thumbs down type things. Also about Interstate 74, Dave emailed in, talk at WDWS.com. He says I-74 would be open tomorrow except permanent striping for it next spring. (laughs) So it'll be done for a while and then doing some striping. Okay, so that's good to news, Uh, good to uh, know, good news to know. And also got a text that says, heard they took the provisional votes in the two Florida counties and mixed them in with the regular votes. Provisional votes can come from anyone, legal resident or not. Now all the votes are questionable. And Bill says that's why the Democratic Party opposes voter ID. So that came in on the text line as well. 1051 here at DWS. Let's go to Anna Wall. Anna Wall. Yes. Good. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You know, I have what I'm about to suggest is I know going to be rather controversial, but uh, the politicians will decide whether it could be legal or illegal. Why are these students allowed to vote here when they live someplace else? Why couldn't they vote at home? Because since they. some of the issues that they're voting on and vote for creates problems for those of us who live here permanently. And I'm not saying to deny them the right to vote, but let them vote where they come from instead of voting here. Yeah, Tom Bruno talked about that a little bit. He was like, well, oh, you know. Oh, did he? I yeah. didn't hear it. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's okay. No, he he talked about that and said, hey, you know, those folks live here, whether it's two years or four years or whatever, graduate school, and they, you know, uh, buy services and spend money here and benefit our economy that way. And, you know, if they... Well, so if they, what? They're getting the education. Yeah. I came here to get an education. I didn't come here to change yeah. politics. Yeah. Well, so, my uh, my daughter goes to school down in Nashville, college, and uh, she voted, uh, you know, absentee for issues back here. So That's all right. I guess, you know, as long as you don't vote both places, I guess you're okay. You said she's in Tennessee? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's where I'm from. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. All she's, right. She's... Okay, well, thank you. Thank... Oh, by the way, yeah. I would suggest that everybody read the, the editorial page today. It's excellent in the News Gazette. All I right. I mean, in terms of uh, giving us information. All right. We'll have them do it, okay? 
Okay. Thank you, Anna Wall. Yep. Enjoy the sunshine. Stay warm. 10.53 here at DWS. Let's see here. I was just checking the editorial talking about Jeff Sessions. It says Sessions firing is no solution. So that's a headline. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have more open line time. We will also tomorrow have Busey Money Talk in the 10.30 portion of the show. We'll have a line eye Friday coming up on Friday, getting ready for Senior Day. Now, next week, I will not be present because I will be with a basketball team. So on Monday, the Monday Morning Quarterback Show will feature Lauren Tate, per usual, and Jim Dye, who's just been absolutely dying, no pun intended, to be a part of Monday Morning Quarterback Show. And he and Lauren can uh, discuss all the uh, sports. I mean, Jim's a big sports fan. So he's going to do that with Lauren next Monday while I'm gone with basketball. Tuesday, since the team plays so late... On Monday night, 10.30, there's not going to be a call-in post-game show that Scott Beatty normally hosts, so he's going to be hosting the show, but he'll do at least the first hour, and maybe both, depending on how it goes, uh, of the call-in basketball show from the wee hours of the morning, from Monday morning, uh, Monday night into Tuesday morning. Wednesday, Scott will host the show. Thanksgiving Day, there is no show, no Penny for Your Thoughts show. And Friday next week, Ann Roten, who normally uh, works on Sunday mornings, Plays all kinds of great uh, music from the past. She'll play Christmas music during the time period, 9 to 11. So that'll be pretty cool. So that's your week next week as we uh, take a little break from all the activity and get ready for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all of that, and I travel with basketball. So that'll be next week, 10.55. Back to start to wrap it up after this timeout. All right, Woods Basement Systems, been a longtime sponsor here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Protect your home's investment, get your free estimate from Woods Basement, and fix all things basementy. They've been around since 1986. They helped over 55,000 homeowners. That number continues to grow. If you uh, don't know what to do about something, get an estimate. Find out what the cost is going to be. Sometimes that eliminates that fear factor we all have. How much is it costing you to not fix problems in anything related to your basement? Call Woods Basement Systems for your free estimate today, 888-935-4333, or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. Keep out all the mold and pests of all type and all the smells. Get those basements sealed. Make sure you take care of that. Woods Basement System been around since 1986, and they do a, a terrific job, and they're great sponsors here on Penny for Your Thoughts. That's going to wrap it up for me today. One final text says, back in the day, talking about the self-driving grocery delivery service, Texter says, back in the day, horses pulled ice and milk delivery wagons. They knew the route. Why not get the horses again? Well, there you go. Good point. All right, we've got uh, the news coming up. Back tomorrow, more open line time, 9 to 11, 9 to 10.30 tomorrow on WDWS Champaign-Urbana.